right, welcome in everyone. It's Wednesday, October 28th, 2020, a few days away from Hollow's Eve, week eight of the fantasy football season, and with that comes the halfway point in the season as well. You're listening to the In Between Fantasy Football podcast, your destination for both some feel-good life and some fantasy sports advice. Today on the show, we are doing mid-season awards, uh, everything from biggest disappointment to the fantasy MVP we're going to talk about today on the show. I'm Seth Woolcock, the founder of In Between Media, coming at you from Happy Valley, Pennsylvania, joined by my co-hosts, as always, Thomas Kuda down there in Ocala, Florida, and Nate Pulvote coming to us pre-recorded, as always, from Denver, Colorado. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? Are we feeling spooky yet? Heck yeah, dude. Halloween's my favorite time of year. This is, you know, spooky movie season, uh, basic pumpkin spice season, because that's just how I roll. But heck yeah, dude. (laughs) I can't believe it's already October. (laughs) Yeah. Dude, this has been the longest, shortest year, like, ever. So much has changed, but, like, still it's gone so quickly. I, I agree. I agree with you. Uh, last night, Katie and I, we did our uh, traditional carving of the pumpkins. Uh, did some pumpkin carving. We always watched the late 90s, early 2000s Disney Channel movie Halloween Town. Uh, gentlemen, what, what's your guys' favorite Halloween movie? Kind of just, just off script here a little bit. Oh, dude, the original Shining. That's a good. That's a good one. Oh, I don't know. That's tough for me. Uh, I think maybe the Nightmare Before Christmas. Probably just because it's like got so many good memories for me. No doubt that that always like scared me. Honestly, I never really watched that. <laughs> I, like I, I never liked the look of it. It was too much black. I've never seen it. It's totally worth it. I mean, it's definitely like. You know, Tim Burton, so it's, you know, creepy fun, but, like, everything. It's all holiday movies. Yeah. It's Halloween and Christmas. You can watch it twice. <laughs> and I do every year. <laughs> hey, that's just like us, Tom, bringing, uh, bringing the people fantasy advice as well as some life advice. If you want more of that, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at between underscore Seth FF. Tom is at Thomas Kuda. Nate is at Janate Jack 2017. And you can follow the show, the site, everything we have going on over at In Between Media at IBT underscore media. It's been a wild season so far, gentlemen. Uh, columns coming out Tuesday through Sunday. This podcast episode coming out every Wednesday. And then uh, Sunday brunch coming before kickoff. And, you know, it, it's been a, it's been a lot of fun. If, if you want to take our show on the go, you can subscribe, leave us a review. We're available on iTunes, Google Pod, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, Blueberry, iHeart, and Deezer. And gentlemen, I, I'm, in the, I'm in the giving season. It's almost the holiday season. Uh, no trick-or-treaters coming tonight. And who knows what's going to happen with Christmas. But what do you say we give some uh, awards away today? Let's do it. Sounds like a good time to me. I, I'm here with a Milky Way in hand, a glass of apple cider. I'm ready to get spooky and uh, give out some mid-season awards. Let's jump into this.
so before we can get to all the fantasy glory that has been 2020, there's been a lot of major disappointment out there. You know, just the first two picks in the draft, CMC, we haven't seen him much this season. And of course, Saquon Barkley, unfortunately, tore his ACL in week two there. So so it, it's been a lot of disappointment. But besides, you know, the big names here, what are our nominations for the biggest disappointments in fantasy football this season? Well, I think for me, it has to be either Michael Thomas or Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, these are guys that you're taking in the first round that have just been stinkers or not on the field, like at all. And for various reasons, obviously with Michael Thomas, but I mean, these guys, I think killed a lot of redraft hopes. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I think my, my nomination uh, for biggest disappointment is Kenyon Drake. And I, you know, I know we talked about the potential for that to be, especially because by the time, you know, we got close to the season, he was going late first round and he's not giving you back that value. Maybe one game, but no. <laughs> uh, I guess I'll throw my nominee out there now. Uh, it's Chris Godwin. I was super hyped up on Chris Godwin. Actually had him ranked above DeAndre Hopkins coming into the season in my in my personal ranking. So egg on my face. These are a lot of egg on people's faces right here. Uh, I want to break this down a little bit more, gentlemen, uh, before we give out this award. Obviously, we know Michael Thomas. He's been super disappointing uh, with everything from the off the field issues to the injuries. Ezekiel Elliott, though, Nate, I mean, he's been disappointing for sure. He hasn't been what we thought he would be. Like, he was super consistent last year, didn't have any crazy games. But, like, are you more disappointed from, like, like, where do you stand with Zeke, I guess? I I feel like maybe it's it's a little bit of a reach to put him in this category. Uh, so I'm coming from a point of I took him in the first round, like top one, three, three yeah. one, four. Yeah. Like, and I'm just, you're just not getting that production out of him. Not that he hasn't been productive, but from that standpoint, his ADP, yeah, I'm disappointed. Because like one, one slot later, you could have Kamara almost. Is that kind of what, what your thought is? Yeah, exactly. There are guys, if I had known this is what we were going to get out of Zeke this year, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have reached for him in the first round. There are other guys I'd rather have. Tom, where do you put Zeke kind of with Kenyon Drake? Like, like, would you put him, obviously he's been better now, Kenyon Drake's hurt, but how do you see Zeke and how do you see Kenyon Drake kind of shaken out here? And uh, I mean, obviously you'd prefer to have Zeke so far, but I don't know. Like at this point, they both kind of look bad. I mean, Zeke went to Washington and put up six points. Like that game was an embarrassment for all involved except for Washington. <laughs> but you know, just like that kind of thing where Zeke now has had the floor just completely fall out from under him. That's not how first rounders are supposed to be. They're supposed yeah. to be your safe. I mean, barring an injury, he's not injured. It's just his floor is gone now. Like his line's he gone. Digits. He's yeah, his line's gone, his quarterback's gone. I mean, there's just no ground to stand on there. Kenyon Drake, at least when he's healthy, will get opportunities. He's just blowing them. That's all him. <laughs> Well, I think Drake, it's part of that offense too, just the way it flows. He's Chase Edmonds is more fit to be the back in that system, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Kenyon Drake has definitely been a disappointment. I mean, there was a I liked Kenyon Drake a lot in the preseason and his ADP crept higher and higher and I kind of started backing away from him, never got a share of him, unfortunately. Well, maybe fortunately now. Do you guys see any ramifications kind of after this season? Like Michael Thomas was, you know, went before 
guys like Clyde Edwards-Alaire in, in some draft, guys like Dalvin Cook, Josh Jacobs, Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones, uh, and even like Chris Godwin was my nominee. It, he's been now he's dealing with a broken finger. Uh, he obviously you know has had a couple good games. Like last week, he was over twenty points, but like. Scotty Miller's had more fantasy points than Chris Godwin this season. And Traquan Smith has had like maybe five or six times the amount of Mike, Michael Thomas has. Like, does this scare people away from drafting wide receivers in the first round next season, maybe outside of DeAndre Hopkins? Um, I feel like it has to a little bit. Like, I mean, I've, you know, this is basically just confirmation bias to my general philosophy of yeah. getting running back, you know, because wide receivers sometimes this thing just happens. You know, like Chris Godwin, he should have been all all systems go. Like if Winston were still there, he probably would be. But Tom Brady came in and he spreads the ball a lot. And their offense is different now. And they're really trying to compete for a Super Bowl. They're not just trying to, you know, throw to their superstars. They'll do whatever it takes to win a game. And right now it's apparently throwing deep balls to Scotty Miller. So, <laughs> like, look what need to do to win. And same with, like, Michael Thomas, like, I don't know. Clearly, this is like partially a disciplinary issue. So I have a feeling if he gets traded before the deadline or by the end of this year, he'll probably straighten himself out on a new team. <laughs> but who knows? Who knows? But yeah, so this just, you know, confirms that just get your running backs, get your wide receivers later. I was never a guy that wanted to take a wide receiver in the first round anyway, which I guess is why I didn't end up with Michael Thomas anywhere at all. But yeah, I know. I hear what you're saying, Seth. I think it scares people off, and I think it should scare people off next year. The, the value just isn't there from a fantasy standpoint to be taking a wide receiver in the first round. Guys that were surefire, even like Michael Thomas coming into the season, this guy's going to win you leagues. He's going to win you leagues. He's going to win you leagues. And now he's on your bench every week. Clogging up a roster spot. Meanwhile, you could have picked up Robbie Anderson uh, on the cheap heading into week one and, and you know, had at least 75% of Michael Thomas's production from last season. So it sounds like it's consensus, gentlemen. It sounds like it, uh, the biggest disappointment of the midseason award is going to Michael Thomas. Yep. Maybe, maybe he can rebound when he gets back. I, I, I don't know. Congrats, I, MT. I, I hope throwing down with your teammate was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and uh, why don't we move forward here, gentlemen? Yeah, let's talk about biggest surprise. I think we've got a few good candidates here. Um, mine's Ryan Fitzpatrick, which now he's on the bench. But, man, that first half of a season, did anybody see that coming from him? Not in Miami. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I feel like it was there. The potential was there with Brian Flores. He's a good head coach, and Fitzpatrick was – he balled out kind of the end of last season as well. So the potential was there, but I agree. The dolphins are always slept on in fantasy. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you are. Well, no, and Fitzpatrick has just been, I mean, they were three and three with him, but without Fitzpatrick, what are they? One in five. Yeah. At best. Yeah. Most likely. Um, for me, I think biggest surprise was Robbie Anderson, just cause I mean, you know, we saw him under Gase, not, great just like okay a few good games here and there but now that he's with carolina he's like consistently putting out good games like if you pick them up you're getting way more than what you paid for him in return the adam gase effect man seriously like everybody who leaves a gase offense ends up better like it's a real thing 
It is. Uh, my guy Tannehill. I, you know, I, I just never thought it would happen, you know? He left Gase and look at him, he's blossomed. I, I feel so, I feel so, like, I Robbie Anderson is the complete, like, definition of why I need to try, like, when I hone in on guys in the late rounds, like I get the same guys in all the late rounds. Like I had a lot of Je- Justin Jefferson this year, a lot of Marvin Jones, uh, Randall Cobb. People kind of like those were kind of my sleepers. And like, but Robbie Anderson was like all in that range. And I looked at him in so many deep leagues where I punted the wide receiver position. Where I would, uh, I I think I have Robbie Anderson in one league, but I would love to have him in, in so many more. This guy's the wide receiver seven. Like he's on pace for ninety four and. 1280 yards he has only one touchdown but like right now like you know like like positive regression is coming for the touchdowns he's going to score with the amount of targets he's seeing he's going to score more touchdowns carolina's had a little bit bad uh red zone luck so far i think christian mccaffrey will change things when he gets back in it and like like dj moore's kind of just taking all the touchdowns but i i think robbie anderson he's been just insane this season it, it it's wild it, my, my my mind's blown well, we saw so many flashes of this when he was in New York. Like there were these games where he would blow up and you're like, this guy's good. And then the next week you'd roster him and you'd start him and he'd get you like two points. You're like, well, what happened? Where did he go? And now all of a sudden, like Seth, like you're saying, like he, if you got him in a late round, man, what a steal. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're talking about somebody you drafted as like a wide receiver four or a three this year. And now he's like a consistent two sometimes creeping up into the one territory. Yeah, the consistency has been just outstanding. I, I mean, you put any other any other name in front of that and like people are freaking out, I feel like, but we'll see if it's sustainable. Uh, another another piece that I think is will be sustainable f- for the rest of the season and you know, I'm hot on this one. My, my nominee for biggest surprise is Miles Gaskin. He's been a high-end RB2 so far. He's on pace right now, guys, for 900 rushing yards. Uh, he's second in on the squad in um, in receptions. He's on pace right now for 485 receiving yards and 72 receptions. Like, if you look back at what Austin Eckler did last season, this is kind of a similar similar type of thing. Like, coming out of nowhere, uh, you, you know, he, he was a guy I came on here after week one, and I, I was beating the drum for it and I'll continue to do it because I mean this is a guy who literally could be a league winner like he's a high-end RB2 I think the rest of the way where where are you guys on miles yeah I agree and he's done it really quietly like not a lot of people are noticing you don't hear a lot of people talking about him but he's consistent and he's consistently scoring points I mean he got me over the hump in a league this week I've been shocked I mean he, he wasn't somebody we were talking about coming out of that backfield a lot you were yeah, you were you were one of the few, but I mean, everybody was talking about Matt Breda, and that just hasn't panned out. And Gaskin has just been lights out very quietly. Yeah, he has been very good. I mean, like you said at the beginning of the year, everyone was talking about Breda, Howard. Like Gaskin wasn't really floating around much other than to fill in. But I don't know. I really hope that he can keep this up now that two is in. Like if they can get this offense to keep clicking and moving forward and growing, like sky's the limit for him. Well, and I think having two is going to be a huge advantage for Gaskin because, you know, they're going to run more. They're going to have to. I mean, I guess they don't have to, but the smart thing to do would be to keep the ball on the ground more. 
Yeah, it, I think it will come back to whether or not the receptions are there for him. If Tua has a tendency to check down to his running backs, which we saw throughout college, he had a tendency, but he also is a guy who isn't afraid to run it a little bit if he has to as well. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if Gaskin can kind of keep it up. Uh, super fun player to watch. And Tom, it's crazy because I remember coming in into a podcast episode one time over the off season, like you were hot on Jordan Howard for a second. I remember I had to cool you down a little bit and I was thinking more like maybe Patrick Laird would work in or like we'd see more Brita than people thought. Like Miles Gaskin, I knew the name from last season, but phew, shocked. Definitely. And and I think guys, I, I think we got to hand this award over to Robbie Anderson then. I, I think he's, he's like, he's the guy who he's been a wide receiver one so far and people were staring him down. Maybe their last pick in the draft and missed on him. So I think that's where yeah. we go. Yep. Yeah, yeah absolutely. All right. This is my favorite one we're doing today. The uh, Adam Gase Ineptitude Award. And my vote is for the one, the only Kirk Cousins. Because I don't think anybody will argue with the fact that he has been completely inept this season. Just ooh, so bad. <laughs> 11 touchdowns, 10 picks. You've got video of Adam Thielen screaming at him on the sideline. You're hearing about guys talking about his lack of leadership. I mean, could it get any worse? How much? No, he's uh, <laughs> taking it up out there. He's he's taken his affinity for sucking in prime time to full time. <laughs> I'm sorry, Seth, but nobody is going to trade for him in our league. <laughs> You're not going to be able to dump him. I'll be honest, like I, I think Kirk Cousins is an okay quarterback, but it, I think his time is like his peak was maybe a year or two ago. They paid him way too much money. They're trapped. They're probably looking out. They're looking to trade him. Probably looking to get a rookie uh, on a, on a better deal. It's it's been tough to watch. It, I will say he's he's been bad, especially in the early goings of games. Like he's been bad to the point where like the Vikings aren't winning games. They're not going to win any games. They're not. They're one in five right now. It's not looking good. But he's at least been okay to the point where Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen have been a thing so far. So I, there's that. I mean, it's because Minnesota doesn't have a choice. They get so far behind in the first and second quarter that they've got to just launch the ball, which is great if you have Jefferson or Thielen, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you're a garbage time. This is the type of season from Kirk Cousins, though. You're right, Nate. That, that kind of gets you benched. And that, you know, you're no lo- like you're a Jameis Winston after this season. So, I don't know. Tom, who, who do you got? You, you have another pretty pretty hot take against a, a lovable QB yeah. out there. I'm bringing you, bringing you uh, Superman, air quotes, Cam Newton. <laughs> My guy. QBR, 42.5, seven interceptions, two tutties on the season. What? So oh, I didn't even oh. – <laughs> I'm just saying, the last game – hold on. I just want to make sure I got myself squared away here that I'm right. Last game, threw for 98 yards and three interceptions, no touchdowns, only nine completions in the whole game. Please, stop. The Patriots are so bad. Tom Brady is, like, proving very muchly that he did not need Bill Belichick to win some football games. No, man, Bill Belichick needed him. Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
it's crazy for me though because like remember that game against the seahawks and what, what was it week two or week three everyone was going nuts for cam like like everyone was ready to put cam in that top five qb conversation at least for fantasy terms and i i, I don't know like it, it's when you when you read out those stats tom it it makes like like the rushing's probably been the only thing that's made him fantasy relevant then probably Listen, outside of that game in week two, he threw 397 yards, one in, one tutty, okay? Outside of that game, here's his yardage, 155, 162, 157, and 98. Those are no yards. Quarterbacks don't throw those kind of yards. The only person who could consistently throw sub 200 yards per game and still be a good quarterback is Russell Wilson, and that's because he'll probably throw three touchdowns somewhere in those 200 yards or Lamar Jackson but that's yeah, or cool. Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray honestly they all kind of cut from the same mold dude Cam Newton would have loved my high school offense <laughs> we ran a it was a three running back set the old robust which I don't that went out of style 30 years ago all we all we did was run the ball, and that was our quarterback stats every week. It was like ninety eight yards and an interception, but then he ran for two hundred yards and four touchdowns. Okay, so what I'm taking from this uh, bash session on Cam Newton but between Nate and Tom here is, if you have Cam Newton as your starting quarterback in a twelve team PPR, you know, standard one QB league, are you moving forward? Or are you trying to find someone else? Like, like where are you standing with Cam Newton rest of the way? I am moving forward. Yeah, eject him out to airlock. <laughs> you don't need that in your life anymore. I hope you've moved on before now. <laughs> this was fool's gold. This is like a, this is a great example, though, of why people can't overreact the first couple weeks because I was willing to give my whole team to Jen, uh, Nate's wife, in our in our office league. Like I was offering her my whole team for Cam Newton, and she wouldn't take it. And she probably looks at those trades now and was like, "Dang, those are fire." We talked about that on Sunday. <laughs> All right. So my nomination, gentlemen, for the Adam Gase Ineptitude Award is going to be Marvin Jones Jr. And this is huge pie on my face because he he's a guy I saw as a value coming into this season. I had never bought into Marvin Jones. like I had never actively gone out and tried to draft him because I never thought he had too much upside. But after I really dove into his numbers in the off season, I was like kind of proven wrong. And I was like, all right, I'm in on Marvin Jones is here for like an eighth, ninth round pick. And right around there, you could have got someone like CD lamb or like Deontay Johnson. And a lot of my teams ended up with Marvin Jones. And I mean, this guy's looked really wash. I mean, 19 for 226 and one uh, Kenny Galladay, who's played two less games is more receptions, more yards, more touchdowns. Swift and Hawkinson have played better than him. Uh, He's just lucky. I think Quentin Cephas isn't healthy, gentlemen. Where are we on Marvin Jones? Like, you think he's retired from fantasy? I just dropped him in three leagues last week. He's done nothing. There's been no consistency. He just doesn't fit that offense anymore. It's like he's the old man trying to hang on, kind of. Even though he's not old, but that's what it feels like to me. Like Galladay's taken over. We're seeing the emergence of Swift. Uh, T.J. Hawkinson has been great. They just don't need him. Yeah, I agree. I think this might be spelling like the period of Marvin Jones' career where he'll probably just like I don't know, be on the Jets next year or something. Like, <laughs> I, you know, I mean, you saw that game winner from Hawkinson like 
what else do you need right now? You know, I, yeah, I totally agree. I think Marvin Jones is probably just droppable. I don't think you need him. I think I dropped him at his buy in week five in a couple of leagues I had him in. And, and I'm pretty quickly to, I'm pretty quick to move on from receivers, not producing in fantasy, a little more hesitant on RBs, but He's like a Mohamed Sanu, maybe the rest of his career. Maybe he'll get traded this season to a team that needs him, maybe. And then probably, yeah, like you said, wanders way to the Jets next year. And uh, uh, gentlemen, it looks like it was a two-to-one vote here, and Kirk Cousins will be the recipient of the Adam Gase Award. Well-deserved. <laughs> Love to see it. <laughs> Alrighty. So next category we got rolling at you is the comeback fantasy player of the year. These are the stories that'll warm your heart. You'll love to see them. For me, I'm pulling on James Connor this year. Last year, he spent most of the season injured. He's really struggled to keep himself healthy, but when he plays, he's been very good. So coming into this year, I think the goal was for the Steelers to find a way to keep him healthy and keep him productive. And so far, outside of the first week, things have gone very well for him. I mean, he's put up, you know, 13-plus points every game outside of week one. He's on a bit of a snap count, but it seems to be working for him. It's keeping him healthy. It's keeping him productive. And I'm I'm just genuinely happy to see, finally, like the hometown kid, like get his workload, get his stuff going, and staying healthy. Well, has anybody battled more? to stay healthy and stay on the field than James Conner. I mean, talk about resilience, man. It's an awesome story. And it seems like for once in my tenure watching the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is probably, at least with Mike Tomlin, it's been the last, you know, what, 12, 14 years or so with Tomlin. And this is the first time I think I've ever seen him actually use a committee-like approach occasionally. And, like, Benny Snell doesn't have to get half the carries, but if he takes 30% of the carries – they're going to be good, and James Conner's going to stay fresh. I, I do like to see it, Tom, and, and I am happy to see it. I'm just, I if if I would if I was a James Conner owner, I, I'd be looking to shop right now. I'll be honest. I'm trading high. I mean, I wouldn't blame you if you traded high. I think part of my, you know, enjoyment of watching him come back is that I had him, like, personally as, like, a middling to low-end RB2. Like, I wasn't going to draft him as, mm-hmm. like, my one guy so i'm just happy to see that he's really pumping out like the higher end rb2 numbers regularly that i don't know it just i'm I'm just happy with i'm very happy with what he's done this year that that whole pittsburgh offense is electric they have so many weapons very good year for us or for them i don't know fans i just i'm so excited they're the only undefeated team left right now let's go let's go baby (laughs) yeah it's been awesome to watch it the Steelers have been, they haven't even had to unlock like their whole offense yet. It's It's been kind of like bottle kept because the defense has been so solid so far. But I'm looking forward to some shootouts maybe in the in the back half of the season here. I mean, this week's going to be brutal. The Ravens coming up. This is going to be a big one. <laughs> oh, it's going to be a good game. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Uh, Nate, I think we have a slew of tight ends that, that we'd like to nominate for the comeback fantasy player of the year midway through the uh. season. Gronk, Gronk smashing again. <laughs> I mean, he looked so awful those first three or four weeks, um, but he's currently tight end eleven, and it, he looks like him. Old, he looks like his old self. Like he's given Brady that like big target. I, I love. 
I'm loving it. I love it. He, he doesn't. I want. I want to say he looks like himself. Like I still see him get tackled to the the ground, and I see his his beer belly going. And uh, it's at least like he's using his body in a way he has to, and he's kind of like becoming like that Antonio Gates type uh, at the end of his career. That whole style of, of tight end. It, it has been fun to see. I'll say that for sure. I mean, he's he won me two weeks ago. He won me a matchup. Uh, I didn't. I didn't even want to have him in my lineup. I was nervous about it. I hated it. I didn't have anywhere else to go, and I went with him. And man, he just blew up. And he keeps doing it. And I think he's going to keep doing it. Tampa Bay's legitimately very good. Oh yeah, he's got that big touchdown energy. That's what you love to see from a tight end. I mean, it's. It's really great to see him. Like, I, I don't know. You guys know I've been – like, I live near Tampa now. So, like, I'm just kind of, like, hitched on the bandwagon for, like, second <laughs> stuff because, like, we're going to – those are the games we're going to go watch. But, like, dang, man, I've been hyped since Brady came to town, Gronk's in town. Things are finally coming together, putting up points, winning games. It's looking fire this year. And Gronk has definitely been a big part of that in these last couple weeks. His target share has continued to grow every single week, it seems like. And now with, with, with Chris Godwin injured once again, Mike Evans has been banged up, and hey, Antonio Brown's coming to town. So that, that I think that changes things in this receiving game, but I don't think it will necessarily hurt Gronk's target share. I don't think it will either. I think people are hyping up Antonio Brown too much. I think this is an experiment. I think Tom Brady wants to see how it's going to go because for some reason he loves Antonio Brown like he's a project or something. I just don't see it, man. I mean, there's a reason, aside from the suspensions, there's a reason that teams did not want him. There's a reason that the Raiders cut him. There's a reason that the Patriots cut him. He's just not hes not that wide receiver one anymore, and he hasn't been for probably a couple of years. Yeah, he's pretty toxic in the locker room and everything. I yeah. mean, I feel like Tom Brady's hope is basically that he can just corral that toxicity enough and, like, stomp it out of him to be, like, I don't know, just enough of a Randy Moss to win him another ring. That's all he wants. He just wants one more, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) And Nate, I will take your Rob Gronkowski, and I will raise you a Jimmy Graham. Uh, You know, Gronk, obviously PPR, tight end 11, that's that's great. But Jimmy Graham, PPR, tight end 4 right now, boys. Grandpas never die. We said it once. We'll say it again. High school home teams never lost, and back road drinking kids never got caught. Now wish the price of gas was low and cotton was high. I wish honky tonks didn't have no closing time, and I wish grandpas never died. This guy has. He continues to deliver. Like it might be so. Like it was super garbage timey uh, here in week seven. And outside of Allen Robinson, he's like the main guy they're going to. It seems like. Well, Foles seems to really love him, which obviously benefits him. And he's still got good hands. Like he doesn't. He had a couple of years there where he was really iffy, and like you were seeing him drop balls. He's not doing that this year. Yeah, he's been he's been pretty freaking consistent <laughs> hanging out in Chicago. I mean it. They don't have a ton of options outside of A-Rob. And please, please, Chicago, please trade Allen Robinson to a team with an actual quarterback. Please. Phil love him. Everything. He deserves better than this. He could be so good. I mean, he is so good. Get him out of there. Just send him away. Please. I don't know. Send him to the Ravens or Tampa or somebody. Just get him to someone good. 
Patrick Mahomes. I don't know. He needs it. If Allen Robinson would were to get traded, Jimmy Grandpa would be like the tight end one rest of the way. I'm calling it right now. I'm calling my shot. I mean, oh, he he absolutely would be. <laughs> who do you guys value more going forward? Do you like? I mean, obviously, it sounds like both of you guys are kind of on the Gronk train o- over Jimmy Graham moving forward. Uh, Graham's got an interesting revenge game narrative matchup this week against New Orleans. And I like that matchup. I think that he'll probably ball out. But honestly, if I'm if we're talking rest of season, I want Gronk. Same. I think Gronk's definitely where it's at for me. Like I said, big touchdown energy. Tampa's really firing on all cylinders right now, and I don't see that slowing down anytime soon. One well, Brady Brady's always been at his best when Gronk's balling. So True. True. Um all right, here we go. Well, to, to my regret, we will uh, give Rob Gronkowski the Comeback Fantasy Player uh, Mid-Season Award. And Jimmy Graham, you might have the, you might have the, the season long, though. We'll, we'll keep an eye on that one moving forward. Uh, and let's get into our breakout award. This is going to go to some players who have just been nothing but breakouts. Uh, you know, they're consistently, if you have them in your lineup, they're winning you weeks. And they have kind of just amazed people with how good they've been. I think we have a great slew of all rookies on this list. And they have been guys who could be league winners down the stretch here. Well, so my my nominee here is Justin Herbert. Um, I mean, man, QB1 since week four. He has just balled out. His arm strength is unbelievable. And the weapons he has... I mean, when Austin, if Austin Eckler comes back, which is sounding like he will, I mean, I think Austin Eckler blows up because Herbert's been so good. Keenan Allen has blown up that offense. Justin Herbert is the answer. He's the future in San Diego, and he's just been so good this year. I can't believe how good he's been. I'll be honest. Like, I wasn't hot on him coming into the league. Tom, I don't think you were very hot on him either. I think we talked after the draft. Like, I don't think anyone was super hot on this guy, and and he's been – Nothing short of amazing, and he, he looks like, I mean, I'm not going to try to get too ahead of myself, but dude looks like he's, like, on some, like, Patrick Mahomes-type shit right now. I don't know. Tom? Listen, I won't lie. After, I dunked on Herbert so hard. <laughs> coming, into the, coming into the draft when the Chargers picked him, I laughed at their careers, <laughs> like, all going up in flames. I thought for sure Herbert would be, like, I don't know, like a Josh Rosen, just like in for a few games, sucks it up, and he's gone, you know. But I don't know. I'm surprised. I you can't argue with the results so far. I mean, it's crazy. Last week, three touchdowns, 347, no interceptions, one touchdown on the ground. Like, I mean, he really did it all last week, and he's been doing it all for the last couple of weeks. So looks like I'm going to be eating crow soon. <laughs> Man, he's kind of like definitely like I've always been draft QBs late, but with Lamar Jackson this season, I was a little more like like willing to kind of kind of draft a QB earlier than than I would have been in past seasons because of what he did last season. And now after this, like I'm back on like I'm not drafting a QB till late. Like in leagues, I drafted Joe Burrow like as my only quarterback. Like I'm I'm more happier with those teams probably than I am the ones I drafted a QB early. Justin Herbert's been spectacular. Nate said everything he had to say as far as QB1 since week four. Uh, dude's been a baller. And, and if you have him and you have a guy like Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson, 
uh, Deshaun Watson, you guys probably try and trade away your bigger name and, and ride Herbert the rest of the season, you think? I actually saw this on a forum I was in the other day. <clears throat> Somebody asked, they were offered Jackson for Herbert straight up, and people were like, why would you do that? Why would you do that? I'm like, do it. Do it. I mean, I think that Herbert has more value. Jackson struggled a little bit. I mean, we all knew that he couldn't be what he was last year. And a guy like Herbert, I mean, his upside is just huge for the rest of this season. And I think averaging 38 points a game in fantasy, that's a guy you want. And I don't see it slowing down. Yeah, I agree with you, Nate. It'll be exciting to see kind of what what happens here in the second half for Justin Herbert. My breakout award, uh, there's no surprise here, gentlemen. It's going to Justin Jefferson. Dude, dude may be like one of the best wide receiver twos out there with the highest upside. He already has 28 receptions for 537 yards and three tutties. There's no other options out, outside of Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen here in Minnesota. Irv Smith, I think, is the third leading receiver with 10 receptions on the year. So like, it's not close. Justin Jefferson is going to be a dude the rest of the way. And he's a guy, like if I have a Mike Evans or a Chris Godwin, I would trade them away and like like I would try to trade them away if I have Justin Jefferson there ready to take that wide receiver two role. Uh yeah. You guys know you guys know my love affair. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm right there with you, man. I love him. I'm very surprised, like pleasantly pleasantly surprised at how quickly he's made himself like a a name in Vikings land. I mean, he didn't waste any time getting right to work and producing. So it's definitely been like a quick come up for him. Yeah. And Tom, speaking of come up, I think you have one last come up player for us. A little rookie action. Uh, round us out here for the breakout awards. Yeah. James freaking Robinson. I mean, did any, I don't think any of us saw that crap coming. Like, I mean, I mean, he's running back two on the year, which will change when he gets his bye week. Like, Let's be honest with that. That's probably not where we're going to stay forever. But, I mean, who expects somebody that you just clean up off the waivers to be putting up multiple 30-point weeks a season? Like, this is, like, almost Camara-level goodness, like, where you just pick them up or and yeah. the whole league. I mean, because chances are good if you drafted, like, an RB1, an RB2, and then you pick this guy up, and he's your RB3 this year. I mean, I don't see how you're not, like, 7-0 and right now. <laughs> It's it's crazy because like, in in my most competitive league, like my home league, uh, the Kegley, I, I talk about it on here quite a bit. Uh, in that league, like we draft every year, like the week before this, like the Sunday before the season. So we drafted, you know, three or four days before kickoff, and nobody knew about James Robinson. It, it wasn't until I think two days before I, I had heard his name that he was going to be the starter. And when I went to my league, he was already picked up. But like. Like, there are super cra- – like, we are all, like, nutty for fantasy. And none of us maybe a date – I think it was two days before the season. I knew who James Robinson's name was. Like, it, it's just insane. And now he's, like, the RB2 on the season. Yeah, it's crazy. So many people were so turned off by Jacksonville in general. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it I lost in a guy that wasn't really in the picture all preseason. Everybody's talking about Fournette, 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 and then Fournette's gone, and it's a Zigbo and Armstead. And then this James Robinson Chris guy. Chris Thompson. Like, Chris Thompson. And then yeah. 
Robinson, like out of nowhere, is just like, oh, hi, guys. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Literally the fourth dude. Like, he was the fourth guy after Leonard Fournette was cut. Like, he was the fourth name people were talking about. And it's just insane how good he's been. But, I mean, if you have him at this point, you could probably – Maybe I'd be looking to sell super high, but but I'm also not afraid to ride him till the end because I, I think he will be like probably yet by the end of the season like a borderline RB one still. Yeah, I, I think the only thing that would change my calculation on his potential is if they do Benjamin Shoe, which I don't know why they were talking about that. Like I don't know, <laughs> at least not for who they have as a backup right now in a way. But yeah, so like I'm shook. I got him in Dynasty. Like I picked him up there, and I'm definitely just holding on to him slash trade baiting him at some point. <laughs> I think I'm holding him in every format if I've got him, which I don't. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but if I did, I, I I wouldn't deal him. He remind okay, so he reminds me of Terrell Davis in that nobody knew who Terrell Davis was his rookie season. He only made the team because he was such a like hardcore like special teams guy. And then we all know now he's in the Hall of Fame. But going into that season, no one knew who he was. The Broncos had a completely different backfield. He wasn't even going to be featured. He wasn't even, like, in the conversation for carries. And then he just exploded. I mean, uh, James Robinson. Yeah. It's really amazing. And, I mean, obviously, I think <laughs> I think we're headed towards anointing James Robinson with the crown for the breakout so far this season. Give it to Much him. Did I just elect him to the Hall of Fame? <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. But this a long, that's a long-term bet. We'll check in uh, 10 years. Right. <laughs> All right. And, gentlemen, it looks like there's one final category for us today in our mid-season fantasy awards, and that's the biggest one of them all, the fantasy MVP. All right, listen. So I'm just going to take a minute. I'm going to bust off my little stool here. I'm going get to get up on my high horse, and we're going to talk about Papa Russ. Mr. Russell, oh my gosh, what a year, what a year so far. I mean, this is my guy. Y'all homies know I'm the reason he's on the cover of this podcast to begin with. He is balling hard. He came out of the gate firing, man. Four touchdowns, five, five, like just whipping. He's dealing, winning games, and holy crap, fantasy-wise, like if you drafted this man's. You are straight up winning all the time. I have been dynasty. I mean, every week he's just so consistent. Russell Wilson is always like the guy who like took two weeks to really pop off and get started. Like it took him a few games to warm up. Usually he had to plan for that this year. Not happening. He's going straight for the MVP. He's hunting it. He knows it's his. (laughs) I can't really follow that up. (laughs) I mean, is he, has he ever had better weapons in his entire career at receiver? No. Not a chance. No way, man. He's got so, like, between DK and Lockett, like, holy crap. I mean, he can just do anything he wants right now. Oh, yeah, he looks bulletproof. I, 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 yeah, I can't argue with that, Tom. That was that was also a fire take. That was, that was spicy. I was, I, I, that got energy thank, flowing thank through you. my veins. Thank you for that. Listen, I, I, love, I love me some Russell Wilson. I know, you know, sometimes he's a little aggressive in how he deals the ball. He'll throw a bad pick here and there. But, man, when, it comes, when you want to win a game, get on the phone with this man. <laughs> uh, yeah, and he's, he's been that for fantasy football too. And I, I think at the end of the day, 
if you were a guy out, who, who went out there in redraft leagues, you spent the fifth, maybe sixth round pick on Russell Wilson. Uh, ho- hopefully, maybe you grabbed one of his targets in, in a round or two before that. Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. I mean, he, he's made them, and, and they've been both wide receiver ones pretty much in their own respect this season so far as well. So it's hard, it's hard to argue with that, man. I mean, that could be a league-winning stack. Yeah. Russ and and Metcalf. No one was talking about that, too. I even did, like, a a stack column and never even thought, really, that, like... Like, Russell Wilson's always been good, but he, like, he normally fizzles out. Like, last season, he was hot, too, and then he kind of fizzled out at the end of the season. Wasn't reliable down the stretch, but, like you said, Tom, he's hunting it this year, man. Yeah, he's hunting it, and Pete Carroll's letting him hunt it. I mean, last year, I saw a stat. I'm trying, I don't remember the exact specific, but I can ballpark it. They ran the ball, like, third most in the league last year, and this year they've thrown the most in the league. Like, clearly Pete Carroll is just saying, like, Russell Wilson, here's the keys this year. Like, just get us there. Like, we need to win some games. Yeah, yeah. And uh, speaking of, of keys – how about DeAndre Hopkins? He he comes in this season. He th- this man has, and maybe even I disrespected him a little bit coming this season. I I had him as my wide receiver five, and man's been wide receiver one, like the wide receiver one. Second round pick this year. He's yet to bust. He's the only wide receiver out there that is yet to bust. Really, uh, you know we we have a lot of great wide receivers. We've been talking about on this show all season long. Calvin Ridley. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Amari Cooper, uh, Keenan Allen. They, they've all had games that have disappointed you here or there. Not DeAndre Hopkins. Like, this guy has been absolute fire. And I think, like, I, I, I think it's safe to say at the end of the day, like, Hopkins is the best wide receiver in the league. Like, I, I know I know Michael Thomas was, was heat last year and everything, but Hopkins is just nasty, especially for fantasy. He's the only one I would take in the in the first round, consider it next year maybe. Yeah, Hopkins has been like on fire. I mean, I, we were all. I mean, I hedged against him really hard. Come, you know, coming onto a new team, young quarterback. Like, I mean, just thought I was doing the responsible thing, and then DeAndre Hopkins made us all look stupid because he just went out there and balls every week, every week. I mean, and as far as like the real NFL MVPs is concerned, it's like Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray are like the two people that are being talked about, and I would argue a decent bit of Kyler Murray's part in that conversation is Mr. DeAndre Hopkins. (laughs) Well, I couldn't believe the disrespect he was getting when he got traded. Like, oh, well, forget about DeAndre Hopkins in Arizona now. But we saw Kyler Murray last year. He was electric. And for Kyler Murray to have a guy like DeAndre Hopkins in that offense that can just basically do anything he wants and exert his will on defensive backs, it's always going to be a good situation, like always. And he's, he's been absolutely incredible. Think about all those landmines kind of in that receiver range, uh, whether it was Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Michael Thomas. Devontae Adams has been amazing when he's been healthy, but he, he's been hurt a couple of times this year so far. Like Kenny Galladay was hurt early. A, a lot, Most of those like wide receiver ones that were taking it in the first three rounds have been utter disappointments so far for ADP. DeAndre Hopkins is the one, the one shining light there. Well, see, now listening to you guys, I came to the table with Derrick Henry, and I'm going to switch my vote to DeAndre Hopkins. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. I I wish I would have stuck by Hopkins, but I already gave my my uh, my vote to the, to the cook man, the chef, Guy Fieri back there whipping it up. 
Yeah, he gave it to the true, the tr- the true MVP, Papa Russ. Listen, I just <laughs> I don't know, dude. I, he's like the one player that I just I'll pop off on regularly. Like I'm like the Jehovah's Witness of like Russell. <laughs> <laughs> Always got a moment to talk about him. <laughs> All right. Well, Papa Russ, Chef Russ, Jehovah Russ, whatever you want to call this man, he is the fantasy MVP at the midseason mark for In Between Media. I'm sure he'll put that up in his trophy case along with all his other trophies. He will surely get this season and already has. Uh, gentlemen, Let's round today out the only way we know how with some weekly advice geared towards the second half of the season. Weekly advice. Oh, it's been such a weird season, and we've tried to give good advice all season so far. I think we've done a pretty good job. Um, my second half advice is stay on that waiver wire, guys. That's the only way we're going to win leagues this year because everything's so crazy. And I'm streaming positions I never thought I'd have to stream. Like, I'm streaming tight ends. I'm streaming wide receivers. It's just crazy. But don't blow your fab on one guy. Don't do it. Don't do it. I made the mistake of doing it in one league, and now I am pretty screwed and I can't really do anything on the waiver wire. So be smart about what you're doing. I mean, really think about these guys and how they fit long-term. And if you're trying to stream a guy, don't spend your fab on him. Yeah, long-term investments are definitely where the fab should be. I I think it was week one I went out and spent about like 35% of my fab on Benny Snell and Scott Fishbowl. And, oh, oh, oh. Ouch. I already have like six good running backs too. So it's like... You need to you need to think about those things going going forward, and I agree, Nate. The waiver wire, the the hunt is is the move this season. It's it's not really trading. It's because it, you don't really know what you're going to get with some of these big names that you're you're buying low for. The hunt is real. I agree. Yep. Yeah, me too. I, like I'm definitely like one of those. I always get suckered into blowing on my fab on on one dude. That's just like an eternal weakness of mine. Uh, this year was thankfully this year for me it was James Robinson I blow my fab on, but I mean it's definitely gone poorly for me in the past. <laughs> I, you know what I mean? Like I wouldn't have put it out of the realm of possibilities for me to blow that fab on Snell if I hadn't already gotten Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, I blew my wad on Drew Sample. Oh no! <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> you were doing it up big. <laughs> I at least, I at least equally blew. I blew more fab anywhere on anything than Miles, like Miles Gaskin. I, I completely just gave everything I had to him everywhere, but it, it's been okay so far. I mean, that could still pay off for you, Seth. Yeah, yeah, definitely a little more than Drew Sample. I'm, I'm sorry, that's that's tough, Nate. Yeah, that was one of the stupider things I've done this season. You don't. <laughs> And uh, Tom, what's your uh, what's your second half advice here, kind of for, for listeners as we head towards the second half? Well, my second half advice is pretty simple. Um, it's mostly directed towards people who are out of the hunt for the playoffs already, or you know, will become in that territory in the next week or two. Um, and then it's mostly just I know a lot of people. You know, there's just this tendency to want to just turn it off. Just not set your lineups. Who cares? Like you're out. You know what I mean? Like if you spend money, it's gone. There's no way you're ever going to see it again. 
But honestly, to me, I like in the spirit of the game, the competition, like run it through the tape. Just because you're out doesn't mean that you like if you have like an interleague rivalry with somebody, try to knock them out. Like chances are good you're gonna get a shot at ruining somebody else's chance again in the playoffs. And you should take pride in doing it. <laughs> like get in there, stay steady. I always set myself a challenge. Like if I'm sub 500, I'm out of the hunt. My goal is to be 500 or above, even if I don't make the playoffs. Like I just want to do my best to continue to play well, to learn from, you know, whatever mistakes, injuries, doesn't matter. Sometimes it's just out of your control. You can still flip those things and create like opportunities for yourself to grow as a player. And trust me, the league mates will enjoy it much more if you aren't just a free W who never sets your lineups. Like it just hurts the, com- the competitiveness of the entire league if you're not keeping up with it, keeping in it, making it hard for them. Make them sweat a little. Make them earn those playoff spots. Yeah, man, play the spoiler. That's fun. I love doing that. I love it when I'm out in a league. Like, all right, I might not be in the playoff hunt, but – I'm playing my brother-in-law's girlfriend this week and I cannot wait to blow her out. I'm not really in the hunt for the playoffs, but I cannot wait to blow her out. Let's go boys. Let's go. I love it. I love the competitive spirit, Tom. And, and it's something I've kind of always talked about and it's taking those learning experiences from each individual season. And I think that's a part of what you're saying. And I couldn't agree more. I love it. And I will round out the show with my piece of advice going into the second half of the season it has been wild it's been a whirlwind i can't believe we're already at freaking week eight right now um i'm just gonna say slow down appreciate what we have and you know let's continue to enjoy it uh and whether or not we win each week let's spiritually win each week let's come out a better person let's come out a better player uh let's put our best foot forward in life it's a super challenging time I know with uh, with the election going on, and you know the U.S. is still very much, very much in in COVID times right now. Uh, it's a little unsettling, but this is a lot of fun. This always gets my mind off things, and uh, let's continue to grow as people. Let's continue to grow as communities. Help people out. Be a better person. But I think it all, all starts with slowing down, appreciating what we have, and th- that's for your rosters too. Like Nate, you kind of talked about it. Right now, like like there are a lot of people I want to go out and I want to buy low on Mike Evans, DJ Chark, you know names that we we thought were we were super hot on coming into the season, but right now like don't feel tr- don't feel forced into trading before the deadline. Like yes, you usually have to make at least one trade in your league to win it, but not always. Like sometimes the best trade you make is the ones you don't make. So like Nate said, keep hungry on the waiver wires. Like there are other ways to improve your team. Like start sit decisions more than anything have killed me in leagues if, if I've lost a season or one. Like, like th- that's the biggest thing. Like, know your start sits, know your waivers, and slow down, enjoy it, and let's just have fun the rest of the way. It's all we can do, man. Good advice. Yeah, absolutely. It's some of the best just to, you know, take your time, enjoy life. You can't ever do it twice, so. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely, guys. Uh, I appreciate you being here every week. Uh taking up a good chunk of our Wednesdays with fantasy football, but we love it. That's why we're here. We're going to continue to do this. Uh, thank you, gentlemen. I, I, I appreciate it all, and I, I appreciate the listeners out there as well. Yeah, dude. Hey, before we bounce real quick, I just got a notification for a small little tidbit of news. 
uh, Doug Marone just put out a little press release here. This man said, quote, I'm going to look at some things. I want to go a little outside the box. I'm going to go after it. And however it falls, it falls. But it's me. I've done some crazy stuff before. <laughs> so uh, the Jaguars might not look the same after their bye week is what I'm what I'm gathering out of this. <laughs> Do you think going to bench Minshew? I, well, I mean, <sighs> some crazy is going to happen. Maybe they're going to. They're either going to go trade, do some big trades, bench Minshew for Luton. Who knows? <laughs> Crazy stuff, though. It's coming our way. Minshew Mania was too short, man. It was way too short. Doug Marone acted like he was just like doing some like A-team type shit with that type of quote, man. That shit gets you fired up. God damn. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, what are we talking about here? How many trades does he have in the works right now? Like, who's he on the phone with? <laughs> Doug Doug Marone is not slowing down. That man, that man's full force. He's not, he's not, he's not gonna, he's not gonna, even though the Jags might be out of the hunt, Tom, he's taking your advice. He's gonna, he's gonna keep pulling off some wins, play spoiler a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> And uh, we'll continue doing our thing all season long. You can find us here on the podcast every Wednesday. Uh, you can find us on inbetweenmedia.com as well. You can find us on Twitter. You know our handles by now. So check us out. We'll be here. And keep it in between, folks. Thank you. Yeah.